0: House come to order. Will the members please take their seats?
1: Given that the dizzying 2016 election season is behind us and that voters aren't scheduled to return to the polls this year, some Hoosiers might be expecting a respite from the topsy-turvy world of electoral politics, at least here in Indiana. I wouldn't count on it. This week signaled the start of the General Assembly's 2017 session, and legislative leaders made clear that they have every intention of tackling several major issues, including a few that already have members drawing battle lines and not necessarily along party lines. Hi, I'm John Schwannis, and this is Indiana Lawmakers. Each week for the next four months, we'll do our best to keep you apprised of the General Assembly's latest actions, and more important, to let you know what those actions might mean for you. In a moment, I'll be joined by the General Assembly's all-important caucus leadership, so don't go away. Indiana lawmakers, from the State House to your house. Purdue researchers
2: are at the top edge of computer technology, 3-D design, using hand gestures, extending mobile battery life, leading through innovation and job creation. Purdue Research Foundation. Contact innovation at prf.org.
1: It's our tradition to kick off each season of Indiana Lawmakers with the General Assembly's caucus leaders. Although the four people joining me this week approach lawmaking from different perspectives and obviously from different parties, They're united by a passion for public service and a deep-seated commitment to advancing the state of Indiana. My experience is that when these four disagree, and make no mistake, they do disagree on many issues, they tend to do so with a degree of civility that has become almost unheard of in, say, our nation's capital. This session, however, their leadership skills will be tested not only by clashes with one another but also in all likelihood by disagreements with their own caucus colleagues, especially on the Republican side of the aisle, where longstanding supermajorities haven't always meant a shared mindset. Here to offer their take on the 2017 session are House Speaker Brian Bosma, an Indianapolis Republican, House Minority Leader Scott Pilath, a Michigan City Democrat, Senate Majority Leader Brant Hirschman, a Buck Creek Republican, and Senate Minority Leader Tim Lannan, and Anderson, Democrat, and as always, I thank you for helping us continue the tradition. We could start with the budget, because that's the one thing you have to do, that's your statutory obligation, but we know that probably won't be decided until, the, well, the day before the, the session wraps up, so let's talk about the big headlines this week, which were the infrastructure proposal that the uh, your caucus, uh, Representative Bosma, put forth. Uh, 20-year plan, uh, more than a billion dollars, in theory, a year devoted to this purpose. Tell us why Hoosiers should be enthusiastic about this
0: plan. Well, absolutely. I'm happy to do that, John. We've uh, spent the last 12 years making Indiana the place to do business, to raise a family, uh, to uh, get a good job, and uh, to grow internally your business as well. Uh, the next step, we're, we're number one on the list for everyone in the Midwest economically and in the top five or six uh, nationally. The next step, what really needs to happen, is to have a strong infrastructure program. We claim to be the crossroads of America, and uh, we have a lot of infrastructure improvements that need to happen. So we had a bipartisan uh, cross-chamber study this summer that concluded uh, decisively that the need over the next 20 years was about $1.2 billion per year to continue to make Indiana the place for manufacturing, logistics, the service industry. And we proposed yesterday uh, a funded program that doesn't rely on debt, long-term debt, as we've done in the past, causing our children and grandchildren to pay for these assets that we use today, but to pay as we go with gasoline tax increase, uh, fuel tax uh, on diesel, and an additional interstate trucking charge, plus some other registration items. Average cost for the average Hoosier driver, $5.00. Per month. So a $60 investment per year to make Indiana, again, the crossroads of America. And
1: you just used a word, there's three times by my count, that you didn't use in the news release at all, which the T word, tax. Well, it was user, it user, user fee, I is. think, was everything. It in is the, a user
0: uh, fee, but it's, but it's a gas tax. And, that's, and, and I think the, the consensus
1: is, is that something. there's no getting around it. I, I, the, uh, you've stipulated, and you mentioned on the floor uh, yeah. in the first day of the the House proceedings that, yeah, there's a dire need, but maybe that's not necessarily the right uh, funding source. Well,
2: look, the speaker and I have different perspectives, although I think we do agree upon the the fundamental goal. We've got different ideas about the current condition of the state. Um, He sees it more as a a sort of a reward for all the good work we've done. I think it's a necessity for the good work that we need to uh, do in the future. But the fact of the matter is, is there are very few people that drive around Indiana and like the condition of their road. Okay, so we can, we can start from that premise. And we also know we have infrastructure needs that go beyond pavement. I mean, we've got, we, we need new rail investments, um, new ways to get people to work, move goods and services. Where we have differences of opinions, usually about what we think the public will prefer in terms of a financing mechanism. So th- th- we, we, can, we can sing kumbaya about the, the goal being lined up. Uh, I made the point on the floor yesterday, we have a number of tax cuts um, many of which had bipartisan support, some of which didn't. But, you know, they're they're These not were getting, enacted several right, years enacted back, being phased they they in they through, 2021 20, or 2022? And they haven't even taken effect yet. So there are ways
1: to... But they, and they just happen to be mostly right, business ways, and corporate tax right, uh, breaks, there, right? There's, there's, all,
2: there's ways they to they free up revenue right. without taking a dime from a, anybody. Now, those are also discussions to be had. Absolutely. And, and I'm, not, I'm not necessarily recommending... Absolutely those things either, but I will make the point that if we're going to make sacrifices, those sacrifices have to be shared. And, and that is something we have to work towards as well. Well,
1: something tells me, Senator Hirschman, you may have a, a voice in this given your other job. The other hat you wear as chairman of the uh, Tax and Fiscal Policy Committee in the Senate. When you hear Scott P. Lass say maybe we should tap uh, the existing, look at the existing cuts that haven't been implemented, that are scheduled to be phased in over the next four years or so, Let's deal with that first. What do you say?
3: You know, I think we need to learn a lesson from our colleagues to the West. Illinois has tried to tax business out of existence, and they've done a pretty fair job of it. Indiana adopted our corporate tax cuts and a variety of other tax cuts in terms of trying to make our system more fair and more competitive, and it's working. Mm-hmm. We have the lowest unemployment rate in the Midwest since the depth of the recession, 2009, when we first enacted corporate tax cuts. We have the third lowest uh, or highest unemployment decrease in the united states what we're doing is working it's attracting business i would hate to see us try and tax business to the point that people who are collecting a paycheck today would lose that paycheck it's wrong uh, I think we have a tax system that is the envy of the nation. We have the jobs and the revenue to prove it. Uh, I don't think we can backpedal on that at all. But it didn't keep
2: Carrier from leaving. I mean, we, we already have, by many measures, a great business tax climate. Um, to make it first, by continuing to cut the business taxes while you're raising taxes on others... Are you really going to make a difference there, are you simply going to redistribute the tax burden? Well, I think companies? that's dozens, good.
0: dozens, and dozens of companies have federal relocated kind of. here. Salesforce look, look, expanding by 800 right now, yep, we're and, gonna, and we're that's it's because of this the corporate tax environment that we've put in place those promised cuts to the future, the employers are pouring into Indiana we're from all about, over the world. We're talking it's about 20. tax
4: fairness here. We're going to raise more taxes than I can remember in any session that I've been in. so oh, Since that's I've been so in the General untrue. Assembly. That's so untrue. We're going to, we, you, you've, re, you, you've talked about three taxes we're going to raise. And you can, you, can talk about, you can talk about $5 a month. But for your average household, your average uh, person working out there, you're probably looking at hundreds of dollars in increased taxes. And that Five only covers half of the cost that we're really looking at having to cover for our infrastructure. At the same time, we're not talking about raising anybody's taxes. We've been giving businesses and corporations billions of dollars of tax cuts over the last several sessions. So we're in this environment of raising taxes. The only issue we're raising is how fair is it to continue to give tax breaks to one segment of our of the state of Indiana while we're asking everybody else, all those middle-class workers, working families, to step up and to pay uh, mm. More per gallon every time they fill up their 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 uh, car. It's, flat, so, it's five dollars. So
0: Tim, it's not hundreds of dollars. We're,
4: we're not talking about raising taxes for business at all. The only issue yeah. is at the same time we're going to be asking the average Hoosier to pay more in taxes. Do you can c- continue to give continuous tax breaks to corporations and businesses in the state of, of Indiana? When you already you admit, do, because you, you already admit do that, do that the state working. of Indiana has one of That's, the the most favorable business climates and it's existing. Working. But we're going to put the burden of this infrastructure, these billions of dollars of infrastructure that admittedly we need. We probably should have been looking at this over the years instead of waiting since 2003 to do this. And we're going to ask average users to bear the brunt of that. John, well, this has been an I issue, of course, but no one, one was going
1: to bring it up, <laughs> the possibility of a tax increase, obviously, in an election year. John, I mean, let but me say, as much as I respect not- the,
3: these gentlemen, and I do... Uh, This is heading us down the path of the same tired rhetoric and failure that has occurred in other states. We have a track record of job creation in this state that is not only putting paychecks in workers' pockets, but is bringing revenue into the state. I'll remind you that a lot of the folks who pay gas taxes are businesses. Uh, yeah, all absolutely. over the state, they are going to be contributing to this to a user fee where they're going to be able to determine if the value they receive is giving them the roads they want. And the other point to this is it's not just Hoosiers who will be paying this gas tax. It's all the millions of people who pass through our state, pull in and fill up, and they'll be contributing to the infrastructure the, the, they're driving
0: percent of those uh, revenues from gas and fuel taxes are paid by people who travel on the interstate that don't live in Indiana. It's a smart tax policy My, The other thing, Tim, you, you have to remember, is that the average Hoosier pays more than $450 in additional yep. car repairs because of the condition. And you in the really roads. think it
1: would save uh, that much because of fewer tuck holes or potholes or whatever uh, you we're it's, calling it's it's these
0: It's statistically, statistically the put together by Here's civil engineers point. of America.
4: Here's the point: How fair is it to ask your average Hoosier to pay higher taxes $5. at the pump? Higher taxes at the pump, hundreds of dollars a year. In, $5 in uh, a that's, month. that's at the pump. You're asking for an increase in the excise tax. You're asking that's for that's not the
0: average Hoosier. That's businesses. You're asking that for them the to perhaps
4: pay tax. a wheel tax locally. At the same time, we continue to give tax breaks to businesses and corporations. So what's your,
0: what's your so, plan? So, so, what's your plan to raise 1.2 million? Here's my plan. A Why
4: year? not have a moratorium on those tax breaks that we're giving businesses and corporations? They have seen their tax rates reduced. I agree. We've created a favorable tax climate for business. You've been talking about that for years and now. what about the 20, So now here we are. We're in an environment. Here, here we are in an environment. We're having to raise taxes. We're having to raise taxes. <laughs> we continue to give tax <laughs> breaks to one segment of <laughs> our, of our hey, state while, uh, while we're uh, asking average users. Well, that's a losing it's, argument. It's, but it, that's you, a, that's you, an Illinois problem. For you, it, for let, you let, it is, but for, I think, the average person out there, I think they think there's something to But let's raise
2: another point. We're talking about business taxes. By the way, we can have this debate all day long. The jobs are coming into the state, as you say, they're doing so at current tax rates. So let's say that. And if it's only $5 that's a month, that's, 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 uh, that's affordable to money, including those who are already doing very well. Now, we also did, let's not forget, that individual income tax cut, which was the only thing that Governor Pence campaigned on. Nobody asked for it. You uh, gave him the fig leaf. You kicked the can down the road several years because you couldn't handle it in their, your current budget cycle. Let's not forget. They gave him half
1: of what he wanted. They sure. gave
2: him right. half the, mm-hmm. but you not to forget. That was also about $700 million. Do you want to postpone that one because on every Hoosier? Because we, have a, because we have a flat tax, most of that tax benefit goes to the high, highest income bracket. Sure. So let's not forget that as well. And it's not just this one decision. We have a long-term trend of shifting. That's right. Uh, the tax burden away from those at the top and towards those at the middle class and those trying to get in the middle class is not just about gas tax. This is the tail end of the discussion. And by the way, if you heard my remarks yesterday, it wasn't that let's not share in this. It was that we should share in it and everybody benefits from it, That's including right. business.
0: So do you think those who drive on the roads and benefit from their use should pay for them? Or do you it, think everyone the, the, retired, the, po- the, the retired grandmother who doesn't drive, do you think she should pay it?
4: The pay point for them? the point you're well, missing is how fair is it to continue to give tax breaks? to one interest group in the state while at the same time we're asking everybody else to pay more in taxes. Okay, we so they're, not even, they're not That's, even
3: tax breaks. Yes, they're they are. putting us they're, in a competitive they're, position to attract deep. jobs. We, were
4: direct, we've, they were we've in thousand
5: we have lowered the,
3: the, uh, we, the income you know, tax I, rate We, for we do businesses. disagree, and what you are proposing has been proven to fail in every state that has been tried. I'm just saying that in an environment
4: when you're looking at raising taxes, you're asking for everybody to pay more in taxes, isn't it fair to also take take a look at the issue of do you continue to give out tax breaks on an ongoing basis? We have a bill to impose a moratorium on continuing to lower those tax rates for businesses and corporations so long as you're asking everybody else to pay more at the pump. And I think that's that's a fair discussion. I don't think it's a losing argument. I think it's a fair discussion. We're talking about tax fairness.
1: Well, what's going to be interesting here, well, there are a lot of interesting things here, obviously. (laughs) And I think we could go on all day. But it you doesn't sound it, like it, but we you, really are friends. This is actually this there's nothing wrong with <laughs> this is the have two parties, a <laughs> exactly. right, right. debate. You mentioned a few weeks ago that you know you wanted this to be a, a session of healing and, and, yeah. and sure. camaraderie. And your goal was to have everything passed by the supermajorities in the Republican controlled House and Senate have some support, as you suggested, from Democrats. I'm sensing that you're not getting it on this. Is there a flex point or wonder, any wiggle room where... Not so,
4: it's not true at all. Not
1: true at all? I'm making a point.
4: Why don't we have a debate over whether it would not you're be fair? to Absolutely. accept this, after all?
3: You know, and, and, I, and, this, and I've got to give Tim credit. If you, if you look at the numbers, last session, 64% of the bills we passed were unanimous. Bipartisan. We yeah. were able to work, 90% or more were bipartisan. We were able to work out our differences, and right. we will in this. At the end of the day, there are a handful of issues where we do have ongoing disagreements. Sure. They reflect yeah. the disagreements in For, society. Way, four years
0: ago, we had every <clears> bill <throat> but one had Republican and Democrat but, yeah. votes but, in it, but, and that was right to work. By the way, healing
2: is you're talking about tax policy and as opposed to what we heard in the presidential campaign. Okay, oh so so that right. it, these are reasonable discussions. By the way, we have a long way to go because that's the governor hasn't weighed in on this yet. I hope to hear from True. him today. Well, there, as, there, as we take this, there, we're still awaiting this. There, there, there are many shapes that this could take. They could win Democratic support, and I, ho- I hope will. Well, how about tolling? Uh,
1: this notion yeah. of uh, one of the things that's in the bill. probably not one of them. But, one of the uh, things no. in the bill though <laughs> would it would require the Department of Transportation to petition the federal government right. for a waiver. Of as much as what, 1,100 miles road miles For potentially. Permission. Yeah, which to is to expand uh, some of our interstates from well, two right lanes or four lanes to six lanes, perhaps. To, to That's 10. whose is that burden so falling everybody, on? That,
0: everybody has trepidation about this one. The yeah. experts say that with gas taxes falling because we're going to be driving those flying cars that run on uh, hydrogen here pretty soon. Mm. But, but even if uh, alternative fuel vehicles and gas uh, mileage, miles per gallon increase as projected, gas tax going to fall off. So what does the experts say around the country that tolling is the answer to that in the future? Is that going to happen tomorrow? Is there going to be a toll bridge uh, in the or a, a toll like in a, a Blazing Saddles, a, a toll booth in the middle of the desert suddenly that comes up and we're going to have to go get a bucket load of dimes? No that's not going to happen. Do we need to look at the alternative, think about it for the future? Of course. Better than the toll
1: booth and the godfather. You're talking blazing saddles. One
2: one point about tolls. By the way, there's many nuances to all these discussions, particularly Mm -hmm. with respect to the motor fuel tax. I mean, candidly, as as a driver, when I'm filling up the tank, I'm usually thinking about the oil prices rather than the underlying taxes that are involved. But when I pay that toll, I perceive it every single time, and I'm a toll payer. You know, I have to drive uh, up in Northwest Indiana where we have those types of things. So there is, with the public, we have to be very mindful of that because
1: these perceptions do matter. Agreed. But if if people go to the, to carry your point out, if somebody goes to the gas pump and pays what is now 18 cents a gallon in the fuel tax and would under this proposal be increased to 28 cents, but with the understanding that would all go directly To this dedicated purpose, as opposed to the general fund where it's funding prisons or it's funding any number. Is that not similar to what you just said? If if the the benefit, quote unquote, of tolling, where you know where the money is going, it sounds as if that's one of the. Absolutely. Every dime we're talking about
0: here is dedicated to roads and roads alone, not the great black hole of the general fund. That's what I think is so important for Hoosiers to understand. Well, and if probably, explain
1: that to them... Well, politically, that's also easier to sell. In but, this climate, we've talked to get, about sure. the no-tax pledge that, what, a couple dozen members... Sure. I think you even took it,
0: didn't you? No. No, you didn't no, take no, it, sir. nor did the author my, of this bill. My I, uh, my loyalty is to the citizens of the state of Indiana, I, not some... So Western is that a DC real... Is that a boogeyman
1: that's going to rear its head this time this Sure. We've the, got it it, is? We got to deal okay. with it last year. And are we you guys going to use that as a hammer on some of these... Oh so they, I, they hammer themselves. They like hammer that. okay. <laughs> yeah, right,
4: right. Uh, tolling is about as popular as a dead skunk in the living room in my in my district, I can tell you that. So that'll be a hard sale, I, I think, really. But you know, I'm well, not It can be It can be. Well, well. It's, it's been mentioned it's been mentioned a little bit of the other but things. of a little of a
1: little bit of a little bit of a little bit of of with the idea that it would be dedicated to the that or take money from yeah. schools. Let's yeah.
4: take it from schools. Yeah. You know, sixty-five well, percent of what our. What budget. this all does get back to is because it's our, budget year, and yeah. so we're looking at priorities. And so you look at the issue of revenues, where we're going to get the revenues for from to 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 fund the priorities that we have now. Priorities we'd like to see. We'd like to see probably a more robust funding of early childhood education. That is one of our priorities. I don't see how you're going to do it when we keep talking about limited revenues. Uh, I've heard that repeatedly over the last, you know, several forecasts. And so it gets back to this idea of do we continue these ta- the t- tax fairness? There will be probably limited revenues. Well,
1: I, and I want to talk about education because that's also on everybody's agenda. But um, well, maybe we should just, you know, jump right into that because uh, I don't think we're going to get a lot of uh, a resolution, perhaps, on, on, on this, particular. but let's, one other tax increase we should, we should talk about briefly. The notion of a cigarette tax increase, the, there's a coalition that's uh, mm-hmm. seeking op- an opportunity to promote smoking cessation and, and reduce tobacco usage. Maybe if this produced, uh, by some estimates, $300 million a year, maybe 10% or, or 15 or 20% might go to direct health programs. Does that mean money could be freed up there to go to, to Rhodes or to the general fund to cover the other? Fund? I mean, is that, that on the table? That was a plan we
0: passed in the House last year. It, the cigarette tax increase funded Medicaid expenditures that freed up $288 comfortable million.
1: with that, a, With $1.50 a, a pack, is that the? A,
0: a dollar is what we talked about last year, and I would yeah. think the, that would
1: be. But the bill, at least the legislation I've seen, is yeah. buck fifty. Can, can I mention the next factor here?
2: I'm the only person that brought him up. We don't have any idea what's going to happen in Washington. That's the other team with, where tax was won. With Donald J. Trump. Um, are we going to have these ongoing Medicaid expenses that we perceive? I mean, is, a, is a, uh, Obamacare going to be repealed and we have something completely new we're going to have to deal with? We, there is a lot of uncertainty. By the way, Donald Trump already said he's going to be building all these roads and bridges, anyways. Um, are the, is the federal government going to take action on their federal financing for roads and bridges? Um, these are things that are tba
3: i think he brings up a good point in so far as we are expecting significant federal change And from my perspective, I think it will be positive over the long term. I think there could be some short-term volatility because we're talking about changing a number of systems in some very major ways. And, frankly, I think they need to be changed in some very major ways. The underlying needs, health care, education, roads, are going to stay the same. We may fund them differently and hopefully more efficiently than we're currently doing. But I think that it is a good point that there's a bit of a wait-and-see attitude on certain issues. Even
1: more so than usual. More so than usual, Because revenue forecast would suggest uh... that there might be a billion dollars in additional funds and so some people are probably saying, "Oh, bring it on and time but, will tell the stock market
3: has done well you know there were all sorts of speculation about how the economy would tank under this change that's been not been the case at all we'll just have to wait and see and we're going to be frugal and responsible in the way we spend money here as we're waiting to see what happens right. in washington
1: so speaking of spending money you spend more on education k-12 through on a percentage basis than any other aspect of state government you all have it in your various agendas in some fashion Again, nuanced pre K. You, yes. you mentioned it, Senator Lannon. Right. You eventually love to see universal pre K, regardless right. of income limits and restrictions. Right now, there's this five county test right. uh, pilot program that was put in place uh, in 2014. Right. You want universal. Well, you want it well, now.
4: Well, I'd like to see happen. Well, I, no, I understand it's not going to happen. It's, uh, you know, realistically, it's not. But what we should do is, is recognize the fact that there is a yearning for pre K throughout the state. There was a uh, forum in Muncie, Indiana over the interim. There were f- uh, folks from all over the state. So it's a grassroots effort. And in the state, we should reach out to that. And we should, we should embrace that and do what we can to incentivize and encourage that type of a, an action. I would like to see a more robust investment in early childhood education, more so than I'm hearing dis- discussed on the uh, majority side of the aisle. I think that's where the the real future of the state of Indiana can uh, be, is in terms of early childhood education. So I'd like to see it more aggressive. And, and
1: there does right. seem to be agreement. The Senate's looking at what maybe uh, doubling it would be the uh, the current funding. House is looking like at triple it. I'd like to triple but it's, it, but a double so, is
0: probably workable. so somewhere
1: in there is probably likely to to be the case. Um, is that going to be satisfying to constituents, uh, including these people who are hungry no. for this
2: opportunity? Constituents are talking about a lot of things, and pre-K is one of them. Uh, The leaders of this state probably have done a better job than others at talking about its importance and its scientifically justifiable value um, to the young people of this state. You get them off to a good start, and they tend to do better later in
1: life. It's not really that complicated. I'm getting a wrap-up signal, but we said at the beginning you have to deal with your own caucus because it's a pretty big caucus, a lot of opinion people want to see new abortion uh, restrictions, people want to see, uh, you know, all the sorts of bills that don't necessarily meet anybody's agenda here. Can you hold those in check? Well, we'll work
0: together uh, to be sure that we stay focused on uh, the critical issues that face all Hoosiers. Are there folks on both ends of the spectrum that want to see some volatile issues? Of course there are. And that's uh, just like in business. That's management's job to work through those issues, try to... Uh, keep things pointed in the right direction and move forward. All I'm right. Sorry.
1: Unfortunately, we are out of time. That's uh, our, our version of adjourning sine die, or at least uh, for, for until next week, we should say. Mm-hmm. Again, my guests have been House Speaker Brian Bosma of Indianapolis, House Minority Leader Scott Pilath of Michigan City, Senate Majority Leader Brant Hirschman of Buck Creek, and Senate Minority Leader Tim Lannon of Anderson. On the next Indiana Lawmakers, we'll have a one-on-one conversation with Indiana's new governor, Eric Holcomb. Time now for one of my favorite parts of the show, our weekly debrief with Ed Feigenbaum, publisher of the newsletter Indiana Legislative Insight and Indiana Lawmakers Chief Political Analyst for the past two decades.
5: I just got a promotion. Uh,
1: Whether you're our only political analyst, but that makes you the chief. And there are only two segments, so it better be one of your favorites. So start analyzing. You just heard the roundtable.
5: You know, everybody says we need roads, we need repairs, but... Yeah, well, you brought in your Rhodes Scholar to talk about it, John, so here, here goes. We had a really good philosophical debate in, in the roundtable about taxes, and this is going to be all about taxes. And even though this wasn't really quite the topic during the campaign, everybody knew it was going to be coming, and people seemed to be willing to pay for it. The question is, what's the mix for the fix going to be? And we've heard at the House Republican proposal. That's the only one we've heard to date. By the time that this show airs, we're gonna hear from the governor about it. And I imagine he's not going to be entirely specific, but we're also going to hear down the road, so to speak, from the Senate Republicans. And that's going to be, I think, the more critical proposal I think you're going to see from Senator Lou Kinley, the chair of the Senate Appropriations Committee, a push for a little bit longer a view than even the long-term House Republican view. I think you're going to look for a a 30-year-out kind of proposal from Senator Kinley, and I think you're going to see the governor agree with that. The governor, I think, in virtually every program is going to come out and say, we want to see where we want to be 10 to 20 years down the road, maybe even 30 years on everything, whether it's education human services, roads and transportation. And all of taxes. that's quite a
1: departure from an instant gratification. Yeah, or, or even a, a biennial
5: kind of, of approach. And, and so I think you're going to see a lot of changes between now and, and when it's out of the the Senate as well. And then if you've, you've got not only the the no tax pledge people, the Americans for Tax Reform folks that are going to be weighing in on this, but also Americans for Prosperity, and those those people came in Last year, with a a real uh, tough campaign against any kind of tax increases, they were using direct mailers during the the legislative session and the campaign, and they're going to be a force in this, too.
1: And again, Democrats, they're basically outnumbered supermajorities, as we've discussed, uh, in both the House and Senate for the Republicans. Does anybody heed their message we heard today about trying to balance this out and not Put the burden only on motorists, but also on business.
5: Nobody wants to pay more taxes, so it's, it's going to be a question of them getting their voices heard outside of the legislature. All right.
1: Great stuff. Appreciate your insight, Ed. Look forward to next week. For more information, episode streams, and extra content, visit us on the web at wfyi.org slash lawmakers. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can access live streaming coverage of the General Assembly on the Internet as well. And remember, you can get our show on demand from Xfinity. Well, that concludes this edition of Indiana Lawmakers. I'm John Chuanas, and on behalf of WFYI Public Media, Indiana's other public broadcasting stations, and my colleague at Feigenbaum, I thank you for joining us, and I invite you to visit WFYI.org for more on what promises to be a very interesting legislative session. Until next week, take care.
2: Researchers are finding new ways to treat cancer, provide drug-free therapies, advance wound repairs, reduce chronic illness symptoms, helping people changing lives. Purdue Research Foundation. Contact innovation at prf.org.